Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, the post-game podcast for the Timberwolves preseason finale. An impressive performance, an impressive win over the Chicago Bulls. We'll break down Ant's dominant first half performance, some Ant-Rudy vibes, and also another strong bench performance. It's all upcoming on the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. And the preseason is officially over. Plenty to get to on the postgame pod from the preseason finale on Thursday night. A big thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, you can find me at, at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N, or the show account at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right, preseason's over. The Timberwolves, for the first time in franchise history, have gone undefeated in the preseason slate, five and zero. Oh. And uh, does that matter? No, other than maybe I think the vibes overall around the team have. They're really, really good right now. And I don't know how much of that has to do with, like, on the one hand, if you go two and three in the preseason, it's whatever, it's preseason, nobody's really cares, guys are still laughing on the bench, like, everybody's happy. But right now, like, I don't know, it just kind of feels like everybody's that much more optimistic because it's gone so well. Now, of course, all the other stuff has gone well, too, the stuff that actually matters in preseason, like what we'll get to today, Ant's performance, Ant and Rudy's, you know, playing together, how how they looked uh, in terms of their chemistry on the court. The overall defensive performance, the bench unit looking good, like all those other things still matter. But there's something about that five and zero, even if it is preseason, it doesn't matter. But it kind of feels like it does, just from a confidence standpoint. And and again, really the vibes around the team. I'm using the v- word vibes a lot here because we're going to talk about Aunt Rudy vibes today too. Uh, but that's kind of where we're at right now. This is the time of year where you can feel good about that going into the season. Optimism can reign supreme. And next week, we're going to get into all the ranking, um, or or I should say preseason previews. Also, I'll give my Western Conference rankings or my projected standings, I guess, for the season. That'll all be a next week thing. Today, we're just focusing on Wolves-Bulls from Thursday. And if I had to pick one headline for this game, it would just come from the first half. And it's Anthony Edwards was awesome. This was the quintessential Anthony Edwards game. And if we could copy and paste this performance to... 82 games this year, we would. Um, Just real quick from a game flow perspective, the Wolves got up by eight at the end of the first quarter. It was only a one-point game at halftime, and the Wolves played rotation, guys. There were some moments in the second quarter where the defense was pretty sloppy for the Wolves, and it wasn't perfect, certainly. They were up one at halftime. But the Bulls mostly played regular rotation, guys, the entire game, save for the very end of the fourth quarter. In fact, the Wolves' third unit, their deep, deep bench guys were playing against a regular rotation unit for the Bulls in the fourth quarter and more than held their own. Minnesota kind of pulled away in the third quarter with their second unit. Um, none of the starters played after halftime. I should note, Carl Towns didn't play. They, uh, knee soreness, 
Mike Conley didn't play due to an illness. And of course, Jade McDaniels is still out with the calf. So Ant and Rudy both started along with um, Shake Milton, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Kyle Anderson, who are all going to be members of that first reserve unit for the Wolves. The third quarter then was an all-bench unit. So no Rudy, no Ant in the third quarter and beyond. The, the starting unit for the Wolves was very good. It mostly had to do with Anthony Edwards. And there's really no other way to say this other than Anthony Edwards was awesome in this game. He had 19 points, again, all in the first half. He played 20 minutes of the first 24. So he just he played the whole first quarter, sat for the first four minutes of the second, and closed out the rest of the half because, obviously, Finch knew he wasn't going to play in the second half. 19 points on 8 of 13 shooting, 2 of 4 on three-point attempts, and he only had one free throw attempt on an and one that he knocked down. He had five rebounds in one half of play, one assist. He did have four turnovers, I guess, which would be the one the one blight on his record. But they were aggressive turnovers that I want to say it was because it was preseason. Hopefully we don't see Ant passing quite this aggressively in the regular season. He had a couple cross court, like tried to hook, you know, assists into the corner or that went into the crowd. Like as long as we don't see these those on a regular basis. If, if you remove those turnovers from the equation, which, you know, you can't really. But again, preseason, his shot selection was absolutely perfect. That's what I want to copy and paste specifically to every game the rest of this year. 13 shot attempts, four of them were three. So about one in every three shot attempts. Maybe maybe you'd like to see that tick up slightly. Maybe it should be one in every, you know, two and a half shot attempts should be a three instead of one in every three. But that's okay, right? Four three-point attempts out of 13 shot attempts. Only two non-paint twos were shot by Anthony Edwards in this game. He had he had uh, two mid-range jumpers that he attempted. Actually, I think he made both of them, or maybe he missed one. Um, I'm pretty sure he made both of them. So he was two of four on threes. He was six of nine on two-point attempts. Got to the basket a ton. So that means he had seven paint twos that he attempted and four three-pointers he attempted. We can live with that every day of the week, Right. I, I talked on Thursday's show, I did the Anthony Edwards season preview, and I talked a little bit about how um, Ant basically averaged two non-paint twos a game this year, and it'd be great if that turned into, or last year I should say, it'd be great if that was only one non-paint two per game. Well, he attempted two and a half, but again, because he was getting so many shots off in the paint and outside the arc, it's fine. Like That blend is okay. If If he shoots the ball 13 times, he shoots four threes, uh, seven paint two-point attempts and two non-paint twos. Again, if one of those non-paint twos was a three and we were saying it was five three-pointers, that, that would be ideal. This is the next closest thing. Um, this was fine. It was a really, really good blend. I thought he was attacking well. He had obviously a highlight dunk that no doubt you've seen by now where he jumped from the uh, the hash mark, the, uh, the dotted line essentially. So what is that, like 10 feet? Um, and jumped from there and... It was off of an attack. I think it was Shake Milton that attacked from the left corner and Ant was in the right slot and just kind of started to fade to his left. He was being guarded by Alex Caruso, all defensive first team this year. And Caruso was collapsing in the paint correctly because he was worried about the attack. Maybe collapsing a little too far because are you really worried about Shake Milton on the baseline? Or are you worried about leaving Ant catching and shooting at threes, 43% or 42% catch and shoot threes or attacking off the catch? Sure enough, Caruso got lost in the shuffle. Ant faded to his left, got a perfect pass from Shake, drove hard to his left, and got really an uncontested dunk from you know le- left left the floor, uh, left his feet ten feet away from the rim, and uh, had a highlight dunk. And then the next possession down, he knocks down a three pointer, catch and shoot three. Just a, 
a a professional dominant exactly what you want to see first quarter or first half I should say from Anthony Edwards. The second ant piece that I want to talk about is the ant and Rudy chemistry. Um, clearly, these guys have worked on that. Exit interviews last year, Ant talked about how they wanted to spend time working on it this offseason. He knew that they never really clicked. Because remember, we talk a bunch about Cat only played 29 games last year, and rightfully so. But Ant and Rudy played essentially every game together, uh, You know, save a, a few here and there. But effectively the whole season. Neither one of them missed significant time. Um, and they never really clicked. And that's putting it lightly. They just... The pick and roll game between Ant and Rudy. And then Mike Conley showed up and it was like, oh, okay, these guys know how to play together. Conley and Rudy do, right? Because they did it for several years in Utah. One of the things that the Wolves need to unlock this year and will take them from what I think will be a mid-40s to upper-40s win team as a as a floor, uh, barring catastrophic injury, this is a mid-40s win team for sure. The ceiling of this team is astronomical. It, it really truly is top two or three in the West is the ceiling of this team. Will they reach it? I don't know. But the talent level on this team is so, so, so impressive. But if two of their best four players can't figure out pick and roll game when one's a guard and one's a big and one has you know dragged the offense down, frankly, when he was on the floor last year in Rudy Gobert, that's a serious problem. But if they click, then the sky really is the limit for this team. And I don't think I can say that enough. Um, otherwise, when Conley's got the ball in his hands and Rudy said it is, I mean, that's going to be a Rudy Conley screen and roll. Defenses know what's coming. If Ant's got the ball in his hands, he's probably going to attack in isolation or he's going to shoot a pull-up, right? But if you can make the Ant-Rudy pick and roll be effective and dynamic, we saw an alley-oop from Ant to Rudy that was like Ant moving to his right, and it, it actually wasn't a, a straight pick and roll. I think Rudy set an off-ball screen and cut to the rim. It was clearly designed, right? It, like they... This play was called, but it wasn't a straight pick and roll. And this might be part of the solution is doing something so that defenses aren't necessarily expecting it to at least, you know, shake loose a few buckets from this pairing. But Rudy said, I believe it was an off ball screen. I should have watched it again. And then cut almost like he was, I mean, he was rolling to the basket, rolled to the basket and Ant like hooked a pass over his head from just to the right of the top of the key outside the arc and it was a it was a really good pass and a really great catch by Rudy was able to elevate, grab it, throw it through, and I believe was fouled on the play as well. It was equal parts a great pass and a great catch and finish by Rudy. It didn't feel like a very high percentage play, which is the one thing that worried me. But they both have the ability to to finish a play like that on a regular basis. So if we just see that a bit more, um, a couple times a game, and and do that with Conley and Rudy a couple times a game, then Rudy becomes an effective offensive weapon. And it improves Ant's offensive game by that much because defenses have to respect the idea that he might lob that, throw that lob to Rudy. And you can't load up on Ant with the ball in his hands quite as much. All right, I want to talk about some other Rudy stuff. He played with Nas, which I thought was interesting. Um, obviously, we're going to see that a lot. But he played with Nas against the small Bulls lineup, I guess, is, is the more important piece of that. And then also the all-bench second half, what that looked like. So we're going to get to all that here next. We'll also finish with individual studs and duds here at the end of the show today.
Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. It's one of my favorite sports months of the year. It's October versus March in my mind. Uh, I mean, you've got... The smack dab in the middle of, of football season, both college, literally the middle of college football season. We're nearing the midway point of the NFL. Get the start of NBA regular season next week. College basketball is around the corner. The start of the NHL season, baseball playoffs. All that is fun to bet on FanDuel and also win totals. I'm going to talk win totals next week. I'll give my Wolves official projection. The teaser is, and I've said this before, the Wolves will be over the 44 and a half win total at FanDuel. That, that's an easy over in my mind. Um, I'm not well. It's an easy over, and and we'll talk Western Conference rankings next week as well. But go check that out. Win totals are over there at uh, FanDuel, as well as spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. The app is so easy to use. There's that whole wide range of betting options that I just listed. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Lockdown Ultimate NBA Season Preview is here, a six-episode series with all 30 of our Lockdown NBA team shows from contenders to tankers. The Lockdown NBA crew goes in-depth into, into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Lockdown NBA on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. There's also a... Um, I forget what we called the, uh, the the group that the Wolves are in, the Risers or something like that. Um but anyway, the last episode in the feed, if you're listening on audio, is that show that I was involved in. So go check that out here at the Locked On Wolves feed. But you could check all of it out over at Locked NBA on YouTube or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. All right. So uh, we talked a little bit about the Ant Rudy dynamic in this game and how awesome Ant was, the Ant Rudy dynamic at least improving. Um, in the second quarter, Rudy Gobert and Nas Reed were on the floor against a tiny Bulls lineup, which, I mean, Tory Craig was guarding Rudy Gobert. And this was the exact sort of situation that the Wolves failed to take advantage of with frequency last year. And it's something that plagued the, the Gobert Jazz teams in the playoffs where teams would just front Rudy with a smaller player or not even necessarily front him, but guard him in the post and then collapse and bring a double. And it, this this was a mixed bag for me. Um, eventually, the Wolves did force the Bulls to put Vucevic back on the floor. But there was one instance where Rudy they collapsed on Rudy and he turned the ball over. They just stole it from him. Um, and he could have gotten called for an offensive foul, kind of elbowed Torrey Craig in the face. Uh, but then there was a couple other instances where Rudy passed out of it, and because the Bulls were double-teaming and they had an open shot attempt, um, Rudy's a pretty decent passer. Now, the Wolves don't give... And this is... this is He's a good passer on, like, short rolls, right? When he's screening on the perimeter, can catch and, and short roll and, and kick to the opposite corner. They did that all the time in Utah where he obviously doesn't post up that much. Now, if you look at the post-up numbers, Rudy actually is a successful post-up player. Part of that is because he doesn't do it that often. So when he does, it's usually because there's a mismatch and he's got he's got a drop step. He doesn't really have much of a hook, but he, you know, he could dunk over guys if he gets a seal and is low enough. That's a post-up technically, right? And he could be successful. In a straight post-up and there with when a double team comes, that's where Rudy struggles a little bit, and and that didn't look great in this game. They got a couple of open threes because of Rudy's presence, and I know that like and Kevin Lynch was I don't know Kevin Lynch was on the Valley Sports North broadcast, of course. Get side note, get well soon, uh, Jim Pete. Uh, hopefully, it sounds like he'll be back next week. Hopefully, um, but Kevin Lynch was did a a good job as the analyst overall, and 
he is one of the analysts who you'll hear talk about, hey, they need to pound the ball in the paint, you need to get in the post, et cetera. And of course, the lo- logic would tell you you have to do that against a small lineup when you've got two centers on the floor and Rudy Gobert and Nasri, and the other team barely has a power forward on the floor. But you can also use your size advantage to get wide open threes because the opposing team thinks is thinking, okay, we need to collapse if Rudy gets the ball in deep, if Nas gets the ball in deep, we need to bring a double. So if they don't, absolutely, you should punish them down low. But this is the rare time when I would actually argue playing inside out makes sense, right? That's the old adage is you have to play inside out. That's, of course, that's a get-off-my-lawn, mid-90s mentality, right? This is 2000, almost 24. That's not necessarily how it's... Not not even not necessarily. It's not how you play NBA basketball in 2023-24. It's just not. But... If you're if you have that big of a size advantage, playing inside out makes a little more sense because you're pro, like if they don't bring guys down to double, absolutely Rudy should be able to go to work against Tory Craig one on one. But if they bring a double, quickly get that ball out to the perimeter, make that quick decision. You're going to get open threes because the other team will will perhaps too aggressively collapse on Gobert on Nas etc. Nas hit an open three with the slide up on the floor because the defense was collapsing, and um, they will just overplay. So. I don't necessarily think against small lineups that Wolves lineup will necessarily I don't think Rudy's necessarily going to score a bunch because that's not his game. I think those lineups will actually lead to more three-point attempts for the Wolves. And so that, you know, if you obviously Nas can shoot threes, Rudy is usually the only one on the floor that can't shoot threes uh, in almost any Wolves lineup. So say it is Rudy and Nas and like Ant and, you know, obviously Conley didn't play in this game, but Conley or whoever, um they're spreading the floor, and you're going to get open three-point attempts. And that, to me, is is what that lineup should generate for the Wolves. It's not going to generate a ton of post opportunities simply because you have a size mismatch. I think that, in turn, generates more long-range open three-point attempts. We saw that in this game. Overall, it was a mixed bag because Rudy still looks a little skittish with the ball in his hands when he gets doubled because he's not used to posting up that frequently. I know he does it for Team France. I know he does it with decent success for the Wolves, but in very small opportunities. You can't overexpose Rudy in the post. That doesn't make sense. That's not his game. But overall, it went well. Talking about the second half, talking about the Wolves bench, this was an all-bench second half. The second unit started the third quarter. As the third quarter wore on, Finch started to filter in some of the third uh, third unit guys, and then by the end of the game, you had non-roster guys playing for the Wolves. The all-bench second half went extremely well. The Wolves were a plus uh, 11 in the third quarter. They were minus three in the fourth But the first part of the fourth quarter, that was third string Wolves players against first and second team Bulls guys. Like DeMar DeRozan was on the floor. Nikola Vucevic was on the floor. Alex Caruso was on the floor. Uh, Ayo DeSunmu played minutes in the fourth quarter as well. And the Wolves more than held their own. Um, Third quarter was a lot of Troy Brown Jr. He was fantastic. We'll talk more about him in a minute. Luca Garza was very good again. 11 points on six shots for him. Jordan McLaughlin was fantastic in this game. Um... I, we should talk about him now because, well, let's just talk about him now. J-Mac got some second quarter minutes. Remember, no Conley um, and no McDaniels and no Towns. So we saw a little bit more um, McLaughlin early than I think we'll necessarily see on a regular basis in the regular season. But he was really good. He followed up a strong performance last time out on Tuesday night against uh, Maccabi Renana. Um with another strong performance. In only 13 minutes, J-Mac had 11 points, 4 of 5 shooting, knocked down 3 of 4 three-pointers, 4 assists, did have a couple of turnovers. Uh, one was the Bulls decided a full-court press on a on an out-of-bounds play after after the ball went out on the Bulls, dead ball, uh, the Bulls pressed, 
and McLaughlin, nobody helped him out. He got trapped, and that was one of his two turnovers. Um, I don't remember what the other one was, but he was a plus six in those 13 minutes. Really strong performance from J-Mac. Third quarter was really good. Troy Brown was great in the third. Garza, I mentioned. Uh, Nas played some third quarter minutes as well because Rudy didn't play. Nas was really good. We'll talk more about him in the last segment of the show. Um, but it was a, a an all-bench third quarter. was very impressive. The Wolves' second unit against mostly the Bulls' first unit. And... Uh, they played well. The, the the deep bench guys, I'll talk a little bit about them now because we'll get into studs and duds here next. Um, deep bench, Dacia Nix, very much an up and down performance for him. He was really good on Tuesday. And I, I said on Tuesday's show, I thought, I, like, the background of this is I wasn't psyched about signing him. I'm not a huge Dacia Nix fan, but the Wolves obviously like huge guards. They want big guards as an option. So after Tuesday's performance, they gave him a ton of run and... Also, he was kind of the first deep bench guy, if you will, off the bench of the fourth quarter in this game. I think the Wolves are considering giving him a two-way deal. That's kind of what this feels like. He probably needed to have a better performance than this uh, to really kind of cement that role. He had three turnovers in nine minutes, a couple of them pretty sloppy. Did get to the line once. He knocked on a deep three um, off the dribble. He had five points, one assist, three turnovers in nine minutes was a minus three, uh, you know, an uneven performance, but had good moments again for Dacian Nix. Tyrese Martin, I thought, played well. I think he's making a decent case. Trevor Keels did not pop very much in this game. I still really like him overall as a player based on what he did in the G League and for the Knicks last year and you know his his profile as, as a prospect a couple of years ago coming out of the draft. I like Trevor Keels a lot. He was the least impressive of those guys. Uh, by the way, Vete Krejci got waived the other day, so DJ Carton was signed to, uh, I would imagine, an Exhibit 10 deal. Carton played for the Iowa Wolves last year, was on the Summer League team. Uh, relatively underwhelming, in my opinion. Didn't do much in this game, but he saw three minutes at the end of the game. So um, anyway, deep bench guys played fine. Knicks, I'm sure, would have loved to do a little bit more with his minutes. Let's close the show today by talking studs and duds. Who from the Wolves rotation had in a really impressive game? Um, I have one starter and two regular bench rotation guys on my studs list. We'll do that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is home of the Jace Case. The Jace Case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And in a world as uncertain as ours, you need to get a Jace Case. It's it's really the right way to go. I got mine a couple of weeks ago and headed into the fall and winter travel season. I'm excited to have it and know that my family's taken care of in any number of situations. I mean, there's so much going on in the world. Obviously, we're only a couple years removed from the end of the pandemic. I think not technically not even a couple years removed from the end of it. Um, but obviously, right now, the terrible unrest in the Middle East. Recently, the fires in Hawaii. We had hurricane season, um, earthquakes throughout the world. Also, reliance on supply chain from China, all these other factors that could contribute to your everyday life in a negative way that you can't control at all. And the Jace case and Jace Medical are one way to get that, uh, that really that peace of mind. Jace case and Jace Medical offers customability, customization for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications as well. You can choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. Jace Medical is continually working to expand their medication offerings as well. In these recent efforts, they've added several different uh, different prescriptions to uh, the Jace case. Also, you could buy a gift card for your family or your loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. Again, really get peace of mind for your family from the Jace case from Jace Medical. jacemedical.com, promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a $20 discount. That's promo code LOCKDOWN at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com. 
All right, let's close the show with individual studs and duds from Wolves Bulls on Thursday night. Obviously, we have to open the studs with Anthony Edwards. We talked about him earlier. Quickly, I'll give his line again. Fantastic all-around performance, especially shot selection-wise. Ant had 19 points all in those 20 first-half minutes. Did not play in the second half. 8 of 13 shooting. 2 of 4 outside the arc. 1 of 1 at the free-throw line. 5 boards, which is also good to see. I didn't talk about that earlier. But 5 boards in 20 minutes is nice. I mean, that's a nice pace for Ant. If he's going to average, remember last year he brought his rebound average from about 4 a game up to 5 a game. The rebound rate went up by like 3.5 points. If that inches upwards again, that's going to bring... That that's going to add a ton. If he can grab another extra half rebound a game, that seriously will matter over the course of a season, both for his individual metrics and what he's able to provide to the team and also the team as a whole, which has really struggled to defensive rebound for years now. He had one assist. He did have the four turnovers, but again, the shot selection was so impressive. The chemistry that he showed, at least the effort towards having chemistry with Rudy Gobert was super important in this game too. Um, so again, 19 and five for Ant, eight of 13 shooting, very good performance overall. Nas Reed is also a stud in this game. 14 points, eight boards in 21 minutes. He played the most minutes of anyone off the bench besides Troy Brown Jr. His 14 points came on just six shots, four of six uh, overall from the field, one of three on threes, five of seven at the line. He had a couple of nice inside moves that got him to the basket or got him to the line, I should say. Um, a couple of nice catches, too. He slipped the screen at one point, got a nice pass. Uh, I think it was Troy Brown that got him the pass. It was like a one-handed catch and finish for an and one for Nas. Um, had a couple of nice post moves, too. He was second on the team in plus-minus for whatever that's worth in a preseason game. Uh, plus 10 for Nas. Again, 14 and 8. Three assists, two steals, only one turnover. A well-rounded Nas Reed performance. And he's had a really nice preseason. I've been really impressed with him. His activity level on the glass is something that's going to be very important. We've talked about this before, but that's one of the areas he improved in the most last year. So to see that stay, to see him continually improve on the glass will be huge for the Wolves. Uh, and this was was really good. Uh, he, he did a really good job in this game of being on the glass and just making the right decisions with the ball in his hands. The three assists are nice to see as well in 21 minutes. Uh, my third stud in this game after Antonaz is Troy Brown Jr. Really strong game for Troy Brown. 12 points, three rebounds, one assist, one turnover, was a team high plus 11. All 12 of his points came on five three-point attempts. He had no, I, well, that's a weird way to say that. All five of his shot attempts were from outside the arc. He was four of five on threes, got hot at one point. Um, I think it was third quarter when he hit two or three in a row. Um, but a really strong all-around performance. I, th I Like, it wasn't just the three-point shooting. Obviously, that's what that's what pops out the most. But I thought he was good defensively. I thought he was really active. His aggressiveness, by the way, both him and Shake Milton, actually, in terms of newcomers, being so aggressive defensively and getting back and hustling and like those things, again, it seems silly that I talk so much about it, but what did this team struggle with last year? Transition defense, defensive rebounding, those are probably the, and also fouling. All three of those things are linked to effort. They really are, right? Defensive rebounding, yeah, it's about positioning. It's about scheme. Like what, what are you trying to do defensively? Um, are you trying to get back offensively in transition, et cetera? But it comes down to effort level. Same thing with transition defense. Yes, there's technique, there's matching up, there's stopping the ball, but how much of that is tied to effort? And even fouling sometimes. If you're lazy, you're not in position, you're not moving your feet, you're not you're defending with your hands and your arms and not your feet, that's going to lead to foul trouble. To see the effort level of somebody, a newcomer like Troy Brown Jr., getting back defensively, uh, there was one really bad, I can't remember the exact play, but there was a bad turnover in the third quarter 
and it's just a really sloppy offensive play for the Wolves. And they got back and got a stop defensively. It was really impressive it, to the point where there were guys up off the bench standing to to applaud the effort just to get a stop because it was like a three-on-two type situation. But Troy Brown was one of those guys. He got back quick. I think Shake Milton was on the floor at that point as well. They got back, stopped the ball, and, and got a stop. And last year, that's a bucket for the other team. Ten times out of ten. I'm not exaggerating. Like The transition defense was so bad last season that it dragged down what was a really impressive half-court defense for the Wolves, and the Wolves ended up only 10th in defensive rating when they were like one of the very best teams in terms of half-court defense. Troy Brown is going to have a big impact on that transition defense this year for the Wolves. I believe that. Yeah, he might be the ninth or 10th guy in the rotation, but he was really impressive in terms of, um, or, or I think he will be very impressive in terms of transition defense uh, this season. Duds, I don't have any true duds in this game. It was just kind of all over the place in terms of, you know, uh, guys on the floor and opportunities that players were getting. I would say in terms of guys who didn't do the most with their minutes, Leonard Miller played the whole fourth quarter, didn't make a basket. He was 0-4 shooting, forced a couple of shots. He had three boards and a block, though. Uh, so, you know, not a dud. It was a decent performance. Um, I mentioned already Dacia Nix, I think, would have liked to have played a little better. Same with Trevor Keels. Matt Ryan was actually, he hit a couple of deep threes in his four minutes. I don't know what his future looks like in a Wolves uniform. He was the last guy besides DJ Carton off the bench for the Wolves. I'm I I don't want to say that those two threes saved his roster spot because that would be ridiculous if that's really what we're doing here. I would be a little surprised if he was still on a two-way deal next week. I just think you could do more with those spots. I've talked about that before. I still feel that way. Um nobody overall though was a dud in this game. I thought in general the Wolves played well. Um they competed. They ended up being a plus eight on the glass against a team that you'd think they'd struggle against on the glass. Um, they like they were sloppy with the ball at times offensively, but this was just a well-rounded all-around performance. Great Ant first half, a good Ant and Rudy performance in the first half. Very strong bench unit performance, both the second unit and the, and the third, you know, the deep bench. Um, in general, an impressive win for the Wolves and they're 5-0 in the preseason. Next week, it is, it is a prediction season. The Wolves open Wednesday night. That means Monday and Tuesday are just prediction shows. We'll go through the most recent Ringer player rankings. We'll talk about Hollinger's Western Conference rankings. We'll talk about um, some other predictions that are out there floating around. I also want to talk Zach Lowe's, this is just more fun, uh, league pass rankings. The Wolves ranked highly there on ESPN. We'll do all that next week. I'll give my Timberwolves win total prediction for this season. Um, I'll remind you where that landed last year, uh, what my prediction was and where they finished. And then also Western Conference standings predictions this year. I'll also talk about, um, I think I still have what I predicted last year, which was okay, by the way. I, I did an okay job with that. So we'll talk about that for this year as well. That's next week. Wednesday, we'll do. We'll finish that up, and we'll also preview the matchup Wednesday between Wolves-Raptors Wednesday night from Toronto. That game is in Toronto Wednesday evening. Um, so all that's upcoming next week. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, which you can download on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at B Beacon and at Locked on T-Wolves. Such an exciting time of year, and we're very excited to have you along for the ride as we embark on yet another year of Timberwolves basketball. Of course, this show is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.